When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply have here we have a solo rant uh the guest was sick is sick i don't know he's probably just fucking lying to me you know who you are i don't give a shit um so we got a solo rant we got got dale in an hour and a half dale's uh dale's been kind of mia for like two months he did security in new orleans and then security in san francisco um but that's going to be the topic of the podcast that starts in an hour and 23 minutes. So no need to go into that right now. Um, kind of, uh, where am I going? I don't know. What are we talking about? What are we doing? Um, so, you know, I, I write down ideas for solar ants all the time. Whenever I have like an idea that I want to flesh out, um, I kind of just, I kind of just, uh, fuck this bright. Um, let me change that to that. That's an annoying noise. There we go. Um, yeah, I have all sorts of different ideas that I write down, and a lot of them don't make any fucking sense when I look back at them. It's a note, and it'll be like, it'll be like the, you know, it'll be like uh, Emperor Hirohito's gold and Bitcoin. And I'll, and I'll make them dead sober. But I'll just look back at a month later because I keep like a little uh, I keep uh, my favorites on my phone. Those are all like books I screenshot from. My, no one gives a fuck. This isn't important. Who gives a shit? Nobody cares. So let's just go into today's solo rant. So um, well, I don't know. There's two ideas. I don't know which one I want to go with. Um, I don't know. This is a really strong start. Fuck. Uh, there's one I want to go into about like focusing your mind on things and like intentions. And then the other is kind of like cold war programs within programs. Um, but, uh, I guess one thing that's on my mind is my most viewed video now is episode, I think 578 with Dr. Merrill Nass. And, um, it's kind of interesting to me because today is Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021. Um, Episode 578, COVID, Robot Armies, and AI. And it's got 43,758 views. And to me, that's kind of that's kind of interesting because right now on Rumble, I have 463 subscribers. And this video has 43,758 views. Now on YouTube, at my peak, I think I had 6,549 subscribers. And my most viewed video is with Dale, Ted Eye, and Don the Pleb, and it was at like um, I think it barely I think it just broke forty thousand. If it doesn't if it didn't, it was like thirty nine thousand nine hundred and ninety something. Um but so let's see. So let's think. Six thousand five hundred and forty nine subscribers divided by four hundred and sixty three. Fuck. Four thousand 
6,549 subscribers divided by 463. So I had 14 times the number of subscribers that I have now. 14.144. Right? So 14 times. Yet, my most viewed video on Rumble has now beat the old most viewed video by 3,000 subscribers. And with that video, it was like right around the election... I actually put for those. I ran a Facebook ad, and eventually Facebook took it down, and then told me I was no longer allowed to run ads. But over the course of like two months, I spent like a grand just because I wanted to get more subscribers. And so, a thousand dollars with Facebook ads and six thousand five hundred and forty-nine subscribers, and that video hit forty thousand over the course of like six months. Now I'm at one fourteenth that number of subscribers. And it's not even YouTube. I'm on Rumble, right? And it's not, I mean, it's just what it is. It's just not as big or as good as YouTube. One fourteenth on a shittier platform. Hey, full disclosure, I fucking love Rumble. Y'all are doing God's work. One fourteenth the number of subscribers on a shittier platform in one month as opposed to six months and with not a penny of advertising. And I've now broken it. I don't know. Something seems a, li- a wee bit fucky that, uh, that that's happening. So... Uh, fuck you, YouTube. Um, the other thing, I don't know, I don't know which way I want to go with this. I, I'm kind of leaning towards the intention solo rant. So, I've always thought about kind of like focusing my mind on things. And I've tried to like turn it into a science and it, it, it's hard to discuss it as a science because it, it, it is, admittedly, it's very uh, woo, W-O-O to quote the great Roger Williams. It's very, um, you know, it's like, I, like I feel my brother with me all the time. I'm like, I know he's dead. Like there's nothing left. Like I, I understand that. And I can't prove that to anyone, but like, I feel him there. Right. And it's one of those things, right. A good feeling or a, you know, whatever. And it's, you never know how much of it's a construction of the mind. But like, like, like Eastern, ancient Eastern medicine, where it's like they ground up like herbs and we mix it with this and then this alleviated chest pain or something. And like, we now know that it's like, oh yeah, no, that's like a vasodilator. Yeah, no, it's increasing the blood flow to your chest. Like, and now like we put it in a little like capsule in an orange bottle, right? And get it, pick it up at Rite Aid and then we call it whatever. And it's prescribed by people in white coats. There are all these kind of weird cultural rituals we do with it, right? You go to the Walgreens or the Rite Aid or the whatever, and you CVS and you pull through and they give it to you through the window, whatever, right? But it's still just compounds. Now, granted, you know, there are some miraculous things that uh, Big Pharma, as much as I fucking rail on Big Pharma every day, like there's all, they've also done miraculous things for not the least of which myself, but Whatever it is, a compound. So whereas 2,000 years ago, it was like, oh, you get this plant from this hill, and it's really good, and you get it in the rainy season, and you grind it up. Well, we now know it's like, oh, yeah, that's this compound that attaches to these receptors. And uh, if you're getting it in the rainy season, it's probably because it was just you're getting a higher yield with maybe like a more potent uh, uh, composition or, or concentration of the chemical in the leaf. The point is, is we, we took these things that were – you kind of knew maybe intuitively and then we broke it down into like a science um like um 
what would be another example? Man, I'm flat today. Another example. Um, okay, well, like like General Mattis says, right? And um, four-star general and former Secretary of Defense General uh, James Mattis and his friend and biographer Bing West, who I've had on here several times, uh, talked about in his book, Call Sign Chaos, two quotes I really like from General Mattis. And they're not the well-known quotes, you know, don't fuck with me, I'll kill you all, or, you know, I don't sleep, I make people stay, whatever it is. I don't stay awake and make other people stay awake. A lot of great ones. The two lesser-known ones are the first, and I think they go together, but the first, and perhaps the best, probably one of my favorite quotes of all time now, intuition is subconscious pattern recognition, nothing more nothing less. I think that's brilliant. It's when something, Don the Pleb always talks about how um, how he'd, he'd see it with his Marines on patrol in Iraq. And they'd be walking and someone would just be like, stop, everybody stop, everybody stop. I don't know why, just stop. And, you know, and then they, they so they're looking around and whatever, and then someone finds like a wire and it's like, oh, that was going to set off four 2,000 pound IEDs and kill us all. It's like, oh, how did you know that? And the reality is, is you didn't. Um, now, if you look back at it, there's like a subconscious thing that they saw. What, did you see a glint of a wire? Did you, I gotta fucking run real quick, I'm sorry. It's the, my washer machine just stopped and I gotta restart it. Sorry, there's no one to, I don't know. Yeah, there's no one to uh, monologue, and I said fill the void on your own. And man, if that's not just a fucking a TLDR of human existence, the human condition, fill the void on your own. Um, but um, yeah, Don the Pleb talks about how it's like you don't know what it is, and then like you might they like look back and they're like, oh, that's what it'd be like. Um, it'd be like if you if you came home one day and something just just felt off. And you were like, I'm, you just walk back out to your car and you can't put a finger on it. And you're like, I don't know. And then, you know, it turns out maybe there was like a burglar in your home who thought you were out of town and he was armed like a crackhead or something. And then like 20 minutes later, you see him leave out the back door and you're like, what the fuck? And you call the cops. And finally you realize that like, I don't know, maybe like the paint on the door frame was chipped or something. And you didn't. You didn't. You didn't walk up to it and go, "Oh, someone did a forced entry." You were walking along, just listening to whatever, and but there, what your eye picked it up, and something in the deep recesses of your mind said, "Like, hold on, hold on, go back." Right? It's like um, it's like you're watching a, a, a football game, 
and then you know you know whenever there's like a like a whatever it is uh, you know i'm not a big sports guy but like whatever it is football we'll just use football you know every once in a while there's like a flag but like you're like what the fuck was that for it wasn't like a clearly offsides or clearly whatever and you're like huh and even the commentators are like now what's going on and like and then you there was like one ref that saw something like an extra guy on the field or 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 someone threw a bottle onto the field and it wasn't even in the field of view of the camera. And it's one of those things where they're like, Oh, you know, and then it's like, you see the ref and you know, everyone's like, Oh, he fucking caught that. That's kind of what subconscious is. Your mind is watching like the foot, you know, and they're about to, and then a whistle goes off and everyone's like, what? And then they do like a slow motion replay and you realize that like, I don't know, a player on the sideline had one foot on the field or something. And it's just like, Hey, that ref caught it. That ref who's not in the limelight and calling like the obvious like flags, like, you know, whatever pass interference that, that ref, that slow motion replay ref that even jukes out like the, the commentators, that's your subconscious. Um, uh, what would be another example? Um, I can't, I can't, I just had another, I'm really flat today. I just had another example. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, but it would just be like when it, it's just your gut feeling, and what it is is pattern recognition. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember in college, so I used to just memorize. Just I used to just me- to. I mean, as you can see with this podcast, a little under two years and six hundred and eleven podcasts, I go at things balls to the wall. I just, I just go all in, and I just eviscerate it. It, it becomes my religion. So probably doesn't take much to imagine that. Yeah, in college, I would just focus on classes and just do nothing else. I mean, not I studied a lot. I mean, I would drink, you know, a crazy semester would be when I drank every three weeks. A normal one would be like I drank at the end of finals, like seven days a week, all day, every day. I would have flash, I'd make digital flashcards, just PowerPoints of just whatever class I was studying. So the 15 minutes that I was walking between classes, I was memorizing me going through things. I wasted no time, didn't play any video games, just note, that's all I did. And I would just burn it into my mind. Now you're there on test day and you're looking at everything, you just memorization, maybe it's not just memorization, maybe it's understanding, right? Like organic chemistry and you're just going through. But every once in a while, you'd come to something and like I would just glance at it and I had always read that like you just trust your gut and I would circle it and I would just know and I wouldn't know what it was but like there would just be a feeling that would be like just it's it's B circle and B and the more you tried to look at it and break it down the more susceptible you were to changing your mind and getting it wrong I always found that there's just your your gut intuition sometimes you truly did guess you're like I have no idea what this even is you know, I didn't know this was on the test. And, but sometimes you you just knew, your gut would just know. And sometimes what I would do is, like, I'd go through a test and I'd go through the whole thing and there would be, like, one question that I just couldn't pin down. And let's say you had an hour and a half to take the test. I'd take the test in an hour and then, like a crazy person, I wouldn't turn it in. What I would do is I would, I would like put my pencil down. I like turn my test over. No motherfuckers cheating on me. I studied, bitches. I'm getting my A, and you're not. 
but I would sit there and I would close my eyes and I would just meditate. And by that, I mean, you're not like, what is the answer? What is the answer? You just let your mind run. And it's like a, like a kid with a temper tantrum tiring himself out. It's just running through. It's just every page you're looking at, you're flipping the pages in your mind. And then it slows down and it starts to go to more peripheral things. Like, what am I doing after this? And, you know, should I go get lunch after this? And, ah, yeah, man, there's that girl I've been trying to talk to. And just it slows down more and more and more. And then after like 10 or 15 minutes, you just, and, you know, some, every once in a while someone would be like, are you okay? Like a TA, and you'd be like, in your mind, you're like, fuck off, I'm meditating. But you'd just be like, yeah, 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 no, I'm trying to think. And you'd settle down settle down and just go kind of deeper and deeper and the thoughts pop up slower and slower and there's greater like every once in a while you'll have a moment of just pure consciousness like right now just stop see there's just that moment of of i am now i'm already back and i'm looking at the screen and i see the microphone and the flag and my face and slow down again and you just have a brief moment of consciousness right It'd be like a like meditation is like a like a CD that's skipping, and the deeper you go into meditation, the longer the skips are. So now it sounds like someone's almost muting the song for a couple seconds, and then those couple seconds might turn into ten seconds. And in those moments, you just kind of like fall into this ocean of consciousness, and you can't describe it. You can't put it in a where it's trying you're trying to describe four dimensions to someone in three dimensions you're trying to describe color to a blind person there's just i can't put it into words because it's just a different level of consciousness it's not necessarily intellect someone explaining calculus to someone that doesn't understand calculus it's explaining calculus to a dog like there's just a different level of consciousness that you're not able like i another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Can't describe it. And I can't even adequately like access it right now in my memory because there's just like a different field of, of where you are, right? It's trying to play a 3D video game on a Game Boy, like a 1990 Game Boy. It just doesn't work. But if I could put it into words, it's you fall into an ocean of consciousness. And all of a sudden, you not only remember what you're studying, you'll also like remember the socks you were wearing and the feeling of the floor on your toes. And if it's, is it cold out? Is the window cold? And you know, oh yeah, there's that car going by. And all that UPS, and you can you start to almost revisit it like virtual reality. And then you'll get slower and slower and slower. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, that was the day that my roommate Bart was. He burned a Hot Pocket or stuff that you didn't even know that you remembered starts to come back. And then as if you are like walking into your room and like you find your keys and you're like, where the fuck are my keys? And they've been in your pocket the whole time. All of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, no, 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 the equation, no, no, uh, this happened on this date and that professor did this. And oh yeah, that's the answer. And then it's just to the point where, I mean, I can only imagine the professors probably thought I was cheating or something. Cause I'm just, 
I didn't know the answer for 30 minutes. And it wasn't like an answer you could kind of bullshit. It was like, who is the name of the guy that discovered this chemical? And then all of a sudden you're like, you know, who is this famous biologist? And all of a sudden you're just like, oh, uh, JBS Haldane. And it's like, you definitely just cheated because you didn't know that name and now you know it. But you could just go in deeper and deeper, deeper and deeper, and you could get the answer. Uh, I just got a weird, you can see my hair. There's not a clean haircut. There's a little mark missing there. I have the docs points from Great Clips. Um, so that's like super subconscious pattern recognition where you go inside and you almost have to turn it conscious, right? Conscious is you just see the answer. What's the second month of the year? February, okay. Subconscious is, um, uh, you know, if you mix an aldehyde with a ketone, you get, and you just you just know because you've done it so many times, it's, it's, it's almost like, what's eight times eight? And you're like, you're not even doing the math in your head. You're just like, it's 64, just go, 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 go. And maybe there's a one you don't recognize as much. It's like, what's 12 times 12? And it's like, uh, but you still kind of, Something in your mind's like 144. It's just, right? Subconscious is is when you see a name on something and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a fucking, I remember that from like church when I was little, that, that whatever, that prophet's name. And then deep, deep subconscious is when you actually have to close your eyes, meditate and go in. And then it just sort of, the keys were in your pocket. And it's, oh, here's the answer. Now, the importance with that is if you hadn't studied it upside down and backwards, you couldn't find that answer no matter how deep you went. Like you do have to have the file, right? It's like when the, like every once in a while you get like a cool like physics professor that was like, you're allowed one cheat card, like one index card, like front and back. You didn't have to memorize everything on there. You just had to get like a pen and just write as small as you could, every fucking equation. Now, if you didn't have the equation, it doesn't matter how long you're looking at your cheat card, it's just not there. But if you did write it down somewhere in just tiniest print possible, you can scan it up and down, up and down, left and right. Where did I put it? Did I put it on this? Okay, there it is. There's the, you know, this is Bernoulli's principle. Okay, got it. Laminar flow this, whatever. So with the, so we have like the three levels, right? There's one, you just see the answer that you know. And you could say that's conscious pattern recognition. It's like memorization, right? Then there's subconscious where you're like, ah, you just fill an A because you know it's A. You just you can't tell what it is, but you know what it is, right? And then third is where you actually have to go very deep inside and see what it is. And that third one, they're all predicated upon what you have learned, right? But it's just different levels of access. It'd be like, um, it'd be like if you had that that index card, cheat card. Number one would be you. You didn't even need the cheat card. You see the answer. Number two would be you. You, you think it's. I think it's a. It's. I think it's a. And then let me glance at the cheat card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a. It's a. I was right. The third is where you actually have to scan the cheat card. And you're like, where the fuck is it? I know I wrote it on here. I know I wrote it on here. And that's like what I would do when I would have to like meditate to find an answer. I'd be like, I know I read this. Like, I know I did, like, it's not all gibberish. Like, I do know the name is something that I did read. And even if I don't consciously remember it, I know that this test is on chapter 13. I know I read chapter 13 several times. So that's what, like, deep subconscious pattern recognition is, where maybe it's not that instantaneous intuition, like Don the Pleb saying, everybody stop. But if you did have time and it's more like the 
evolutionary biology exam where you can sit there and slow it down. And you're like, what? I need to go deep inside. What, what, what was this? That's what the, the deep, the, that third tier subconscious pattern recognition is. Now, it is only applicable if you did cover the material. So you have to have that huge library in your head. You know, you don't have to memorize every number in the phone book. You, if you have the phone book, you can look it up. If you don't have the phone book, though, you can't look it up, no matter how much time you have, right? So if you do have the phone book, you can sit there for 12 hours and find it. But if you don't have the phone book, then the whole thing is fucked from the start. So that brings me to General Mattis's second quote that I really like. If you have not read hundreds of historical books, you are functionally illiterate. Now, if you pair that with the first one, it's like the phone book. It's like the cheat card. It's like meditating during the evolutionary biology exam. Your subconscious pattern recognition now has a greater swath of data to recognize patterns from. It's... Uh, like Amazon Turk, T-U-R-K. It's a thing. I remember I tried doing it in like 2015. But I mean, I think it's it's more like outsourced to like third world or anywhere with like an internet connect, like maybe, I don't know, like rural India or something. But you can just spend hours, <clears throat> hours and hours for like just pennies. But you can go in and you're basically doing like captures. You know, what does this say? 6QRTVX9. And it's, you know, scribbled and there's a line through it. Or it's, um, you know, choose all, you know, select all the frames that have a traffic light. And you go through and do it. And the purpose of what that was is by having, you know, each person do this thousands of times. And by having thousands of people do it. And by having the program, I think it's still going. You can, it's, I mean, it's really shit money. I mean, you can maybe make like 10 bucks for like five hours of work. It's terrible. But you go in. By having millions and billions of data points, what they're doing is they're training their AI. They're taking all of these human brains and going, yeah, see, like 99 with a, you know, with a 0.1% deviation, you know, 99% of 99.99% of humans said over the course of 5 billion images that these are what streetlights are. And they're on all different angles. They're in all different countries. Maybe the streetlight's vertical. Maybe it's horizontal. Maybe there's a bus in the foreground. Maybe it's rainy. Maybe it's at night. Maybe it's from a weird angle. Maybe it's whatever. Maybe there's other things that are also red, green, and uh, yellow in the background. Whatever. But it's it's fine honing it to where you you start to just you get it instantly. Get it instantly. And that's what they're creating with their AI. So whether it's a captcha or or finding a streetlight, it's pattern recognition. Now, the greater and greater number of people, right? Like a good data set, you know, nine out of 10 people said that, you know, Joe Biden's a poopy pants. And it's, you're like, well, who did, you know, well, how many people did you, you question? 10 people. Who'd you question? Kindergartners. Well, okay. Now, you know, 32% of Americans disapprove of Trump's economic whatever. Well, how many people did you sample? Six million across 50 states and across ages, you know, nine through 74. Okay. Okay. It's got a little more weight to it. So that's one of the reasons why I listen to so many audiobooks. Now, granted, I hadn't heard those Mattis quotes till, I don't know, like May of this year, but that's why I 
started like two years ago, really just starting to, I remember I first started before I even started the podcast. I would start listening to books while I was doing um, like Photoshop on my iPad. So I was like, you can listen to music or I was like, or I can sort of like download information. I can just have information. And I truly believe that the more, and it, you could probably do fictional works, probably somewhere you could find a pattern in there. I guess you'd maybe find like a Joseph Campbell pattern, hero's journey. But in terms of like the paradigm we're in of like the, you know, the agreed upon set of lies that we call human history from which we base future things on, you know, the fall of empires, what happens when the dictator, you know, squeezes the iron fist too tight, like all, all sorts of tropes and stuff, right. That, you know, kind of transcend from ancient Egypt to present day United States, like, and everything in between you go deeper and deeper and you can kind of find these patterns that with a respectable degree of deviation or lack thereof, it's going to hold true. So that's why I listen to so many historical books, not, not non-fictions, not even really like opinion, like opinion, opinion, you know, Kamala Harris is a demon. You're like, well, you don't like her. That's not, there's no value in that. So, but if you read not or non-fictional books, historical books. Now, granted, who knows if those are being lied about, whatever, but based on the veracity of the author, you're just going through and listening to all of them. You can start to piece together kind of general themes, whether it's themes in the Holocaust or themes in the potato famine or themes in the dot-com boom or whatever. You can start to pick up patterns that, and I always use this example you know, math class. Bob has four oranges. Susie takes one. How many oranges does Bob have? Or, you know, Cynthia has 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 ten frisbees and and then Kevin gives her four more. How many does she have? And it's like it doesn't matter if it's frisbees or bananas or watermelons or whatever. It's just the same you're learning addition addition and subtraction. That's kind of how I view like world history. The more you look at it, or Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey, right? There's the call to adventure. There's the uh, you know, atonement with the father. There's uh, like living in duality. There's the, you know, belly of the whale. There's the temptation. Whether it's Harry Potter or the Bhagavad Gita, like it, you really can't deviate that much. And it's not because it's some, you know, concerted effort between like a coalition of authors, like a cartel of authors, like the, you know, the Aldridge train car setting up the Federal Reserve. But rather, it's just those are the, it's almost like some sort of natural law, right? Maybe it's all works created by a human mind. If you went to a different planet, maybe the hero's journey would be different. But if you go back and look at really kind of all of history, you can start to pick out themes, whether it's, you know, building more ships out of wood and for the Queen's Navy, or it's like the, you know, the money black hole of the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter program. You can find these common themes. And so... Subconscious pattern recognition. And this isn't even the solar rant I was going to do. I was going to do intention. Whatever. I guess we're doing pattern recognition now. You just have to go deeper and deeper into pattern recognition. And that's really what it is. And a lot of it's subconscious. And it might not even be like, uh, you know, what's my subconscious intuition saying? There might be like subconscious, subconscious intuition where you're making choices that to you, it wasn't even a choice. You're like, oh, yeah, no, I just did this thing. But it's like, well, now we're just getting off into the weeds. But that is what it is. I mean, to where I would think that that's probably right. I mean, empires learn from old empires, yet they all seem to repeat the same uh, mistakes as the previous ones. You think eventually a power would get in charge and then build an AI, which we might only be at the first possible uh, 
uh, possibility of now, right? Because computer chips and shit and neural networking didn't exist in you know, the Weimar Republic. But the first thing you would do, right, is you would just upload it to all of, you would just upload every book, right? And you would just upload everything. You'd just be like, find the patterns, find the patterns and what to avoid. I mean, that's what you would do. And then who knows? Did that washing machine not start? Fucking better of whatever. So, yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, now now let's twist it into the other solar range. I, was, I wasn't going to do pattern recognition. I don't know how the fuck we got here. But now let's go into, like, uh, intent. So, well, I don't know. Maybe we can tie this in. Let's give it a try. So, whereas intuition might feel like a, an ethereal kind of mystical thing and then you can maybe break it down and you know look at it through the mind of general mattis right like a, a, a statistician much like eisenhower supply lines all about ta tactics tactician statistician magician i don't know you can kind of start to look at it as a science now I couldn't tell you where those memories exist in my mind. I couldn't point the neural networks or the, the chandelier cells or wherever they are, but I can like through my own experiences explain what it is, right? Pattern recognition by closing my eyes and meditating, going deeper inside and finding the thing of whatever. Now, it's, I don't know how we're gonna, how I'm gonna, we're getting full disclosure. Now we're kind of leaving the realm of like breaking things down and quoting general Mattis. Now we're kind of, we're going out into the, the land of the unicorn. So from here on out might not be for you if you're more science oriented, but I started meditating in like 2008, just kind of on a whim and, you know, really enjoyed it and did it for like two years and then kind of stopped doing it and started doing it again, 2010 when I just had like the mental, crack and just became pre-med and I would do it as like a tactical thing because it would help slow down my mind and I, I it helped me you know it's like a billionaire donating to charity and it's like oh you're a good person and it's like no he's just doing it because it's a tax write-off like I started meditating and going inside and focusing on the breath and like reading about the Bhagavad Gita not because I was on some spiritual journey but I, because I was like oh it slows my brain down and allows me to get back to studying <laughs> like so I was using it like 90 minutes studying, 30 minutes meditating. And then I could, I looked at it as like, well, now I can do another 90 minutes. And that's how I would go for 12 hours a day. It was just slowing down my mind, like taking a, you know, a 10 second or 20 second break between lifting weights. Um, and, uh, and one thing that would happen every once in a while, not all the time, but every once in a while you would get really deep in and you'd have to write just these beautiful these, these beautiful insights that just completely transcended. You weren't like, oh, there's God talking to me, and now I know how I can get into Harvard Medical School. No, you would just have these things that just completely dissolve where you're no longer using it as a tool to, like, now I can study more. And it's like, oh, studying doesn't even exist. Like, Earth is nothing. This is just an ephemeral twitch in a God's dream, and I am here to just experience love and to try to facilitate love and to, you know, 
the buck stops here with karma. Something bad happens to someone and it happens to something else that happens to someone else that happens to someone else. And when it gets to you, instead of passing it on, you can, you know, like a hospital eating a hospital bill that a poor person can't afford, you just eat the karma. And then that's like how the universe becomes better is like something happens to you. And instead of passing it along, like a game of musical chairs, you just go, no, I'll take this one on the chin. And because of that, you just, you write it off. It's gone, right? They've just eaten the cost. You can eat that karmic cost, almost like Pac-Man. You can just eat these negative karma things without shitting them out. And by doing that, you're removing them from like the universe. You have these beautiful transcendental things, which is, right, it's, it's, it's kind of a, you know, the Gatling gun was supposed to be the most vicious weapon ever and make people disgusted with war. And the reality is, is people just start buying them. They're like, fuck it, now we can mow down indigenous peoples in Africa and set up our colonies. And it's like, oh, Jesus, this didn't work. But with, with the A-bomb, that it actually worked. Like, it actually, it actually worked. So it's kind of an ironic thing that the most destructive weapon of all time is actually, like, what stopped war. There's still skirmishes and wars and obviously, you know, Korea, Vietnam, Desert Storm, Iraq, Grenada, whatever. But, uh, excuse me, it did, it did, um, it is kind of ironic that the most powerful bomb created by like the most adept defense contractors with the most black funding from the U.S. government actually ended up creating the thing that stopped destruction. There's kind of a, 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 a beautiful irony in that or hilarious irony, whatever you want to call it. Um. So like you'd meditate because, you know, it's like this is going to make me more effective. And then like you kind of hit this this ironic point where you'd be like, oh, like nothing matters. It doesn't matter how much money I accumulate and all the awards and certificates and titles like doctor or lawyer. And that all doesn't mean anything. And it's dust to dust, ashes to ashes. And you're like, ah. so but every once in a while you'd have this sort of like psychedelic middle ground where um, I'd find like the motivation to keep going forward, right? You'd be like, it's hard to explain this. So it'd be like, like you get all amped up. You're like, I'm going to be a doctor. And like that kind of adrenaline lasts for like, I don't know, a couple days, like a week. But then you get to the third week of study and you're like, why am I doing this again? Like, I don't, like, even though you like, you're, you rationally know why you're doing it. You're like, I want to be a doctor. You're like, I don't really give a shit. I kind of just want to go to a football game, get drunk. Fuck it. I don't care. I'll work at Kinko's. Right. Um, or it's like, uh, meditation's kind of like getting out Google maps and like, I'm in Maryland and it's like, if I put in Boston, Massachusetts, and it allows you to see that overarching picture where you're like, that's where we're going. That's, and you get the adrenaline. We're going up to Boston. We're going to fucking whatever, go watch the Red Sox and see, I don't know anyone in Boston, but I'm going to see all my childhood friends, whatever. Right. And then you start driving, you're like an hour or two in, you're kind of tired and you're like, why am I doing this? And you're like, well, I know I'm going to Boston. Why? I kind of just want to go home. Now, what meditation is, is there's like a kind of meditation that allows you to be like, no, remember why you started. Like you're going to Boston and I'm literally just going to make up these memories that never happened. But you guys are going to hang out at, you know, wherever and it's going to be snowing and you're going to go watch the Patriots and you're going to go to your favorite bar and you're like, you start to get excited and you're like, oh, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, that's why we're going. And you kind of get another adrenaline boost. And maybe in like three hours, you start to get tired again. And you're like, dude, we're going to go see so-and-so. And you remember that inside joke and you're like, yeah, we're going to go, we're going to go. And you're like, it's going to be fun. You know, that first night out with your friends and you guys all walk to the liquor store and you load up on beer and you're kind of like nudging each other, laughing like, man, we're getting a lot, you know, we're, we're wild, right? You have these moments that just kind of 
remind you why you started. And um, like for me, okay, like dieting, right? Like slowly losing weight over like five years and then kind of yo-yoing and going back up. And at my heaviest, I was 237. At my like fighting weight, I was like 165. I dropped like 40 pounds right when I moved home in 2016. And then I just kind of stayed at 200 plus or minus five. No, closer to like 205 plus or minus five for like five years. And every once in a while, you'd be like, I want to get abs back. You know, I want to be attractive. And then you do it and you lose a couple pounds and then you kind of forget why you started and you yo-yo back up and you go back and forth for five years. And then finally, like what happened to me like two months ago, I just kind of had like a mental crack and I was like, I fucking miss like not being attractive, not trying to get girls. You're like, I don't care what the doctor says. Like you need to lose weight. Like I miss looking in the mirror and being proud. And I was like, fuck it. And now I'm down to 192, which I haven't been since 2015. I'll clap for myself. Thank you. Fuck off. But so with meditation, every once in a while, you know, I'd be halfway through a semester and I'd be like, oh, I don't want to fucking do this. Like, I just don't want to do this. And I'd meditate. And I'd, I wouldn't have to be like, where are we going? Well, I want to become a doctor. Yeah, I already knew that. But you'd be, you'd start to, it would just start to sort of come to you. You'd be like, no, no, not just be a doctor. Like, how great is it going to be at the end of the semester when you log into myuga.edu, put in your username, and you see that A, and you see the column. It's got the name, you know, Evo Bio, Evolutionary Biology, Evo Bio 3100, grade A, you know, 0.4.0. You're going to be seeing it on your laptop screen. It's going to have that little smudge. You're going to feel the cold keys because it's going to be in December and the room's cold and so the laptop's metal and it's cold, right? You're probably going to be in a long sleeve shirt, right? You're going to be checking it, uh, you know, okay, maybe there's going to be snow, you know, in a couple of days you're going to be flying up to see the family for Christmas. You get that feeling. You're like, okay. And you start to see it and you're like, well, what else is that? You go, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. And, you know, you, you go, you know, throw on some, throw on some jeans and sneakers. You're like, yo, we're going to get fucked up. And there's not a care in the world. And you're like, fuck yeah, we're going to get, fu- let's get fucking hammered, dude. And you, you start drinking with your buddy and you're like, dude, I got a fucking A. And they're like, dude, that's awesome. And you just feel kind of on top of the world. And you know that the next semester is starting in a couple weeks and it's going to suck again. But even then, it's going to happen halfway through that semester. And you're going to meditate and you're going to be, imagine you're going to be on the laptop and it's going to be May. It's going to be hot outside and it's going to be those bugs in Georgia that you only hear when it's hot where it's just like that zzzz, right? The air conditioning is going to be like just straining to keep it going. You're going to be in shorts and like a tank top. And you're going to be checking. You're going to be going, fuck yeah, I just got a fucking A. And you're just like, you get these excited feelings. Like, what is it going to be like? Text your parents like 4.0 this semester. Like, I'm fucking crushing it. That first drink you have, you know, when your mind immediately starts to go into the most important things in your life, you have one drink. And the first thing you do is you text the girl you're flirting with or, uh, you know, you and your buddies are, you know, you guys are getting an apartment for the next semester. And you're like, dude, I'm fucking psyched for the new apartment or like whatever, you know, just these little things that first come up from the subconscious. Once you have that first drink, the first thing you do when you drink is you sign right back in and you're looking at it and you're like, fuck yeah, I got a fucking A. That in you realize and you're experiencing all of this when you're meditating on your bed and it's the middle of the semester. It's October, not December. And your heart's beating and you feel these like euphoria and you start to get like goosebumps and you're like, and then you kind of open your eyes and you're like, all right, yeah, let's fucking get it.
Let's fucking get it. And it's like, it's just a much needed little injection of adrenaline. And sometimes you only really needed it like once a semester. And I mean, sometimes a really tough semester, you know, you might have that moment twice to keep yourself going. But it's like a 747 getting refueled on 9-11 so it doesn't have to land. You just keep going until you get to the landing zone. And then you get that A and you're like, fuck, yeah, I did it. And then what that does to serve is it now serves as instead of just an idea of what is it like to get an A, you now know, hey, I've done this before. So now in the next semester, you're not even visualizing the next day. You're also going, and remember, you did this last semester where you visualized and it helped you get to the finish line. So that now, now this, this hope, this idea of getting an A, it starts to get backed by patterns, pattern recognition. So really what it is, is it's like, I don't know, it's like, um, what's, what's a, a fuck with it? I'm trying to think of something like you're climbing a building and you've got like a fucking gun with a rope attached to it and you get up one floor and then you shoot it up onto a building and it goes over the 10th floor balcony and you pull yourself up <sighs> you catch your breath and you catch your breath and then you, you lean it back out and you look up and you shoot it and maybe you only go up seven floors this time maybe you go up higher maybe you go up 15 floors and you get up and you're like whoo whoo and you look down and you see the you know now you're 17 floors above the the sidewalk and you're like fuck yeah all right catch a breath and you fire and sometimes you slip down and you fall another floor but you you get this thing where now it's not just this idea of if i shoot up a rope will i be able to climb up that's like the theoretical idea right that's like the ape wondering if i grip this thumb can i pick up a stick and i could use that stick to kill something like you go from this theoretical idea of what is it going to be like to get an a what is it going to be like to pull myself up on that balcony to now you still do it again because you get tired and you're like, it's going to be great when I pull myself up on that balcony. But you're also starting to base it on fact. You're going, oh, yeah, and I've done this before. I can fucking do it again, right? It's your first anxiety attack is terrible. Your 10th one is still terrible, but you start to go, well, for me, you get to your 1100th and then you're like, I know this will pass. It sucks. I know it sucks dick right now, but it will pass. So you start basing it on things you've done now, right? So you get that pattern recognition. So you do it again and again. And now by the, you know, the fifth semester you're doing this, you're like, I know this class is tough. And I know you fucking hate biochemistry. I know you hate genetics. I know you hate the, the stupid equations. You don't give a shit about what sunflower seed has what color petal. But you've done this four semesters before. Like you can do this again. And you start to get this, just this confidence and sometimes you might not even need that visualization anymore because you're like, I don't need to jack myself. Like, I know I can do it. I know I can fucking conquer, right? And so you don't need that adrenaline shot. And that's, to me, it's a sign of strength. You're like, I don't need the fucking, I don't need the backup. I got it. Don't worry about it, right? So that is what I, and I but I didn't know what I was doing. It just felt like I was kind of jacking myself up. Like, I remember in like sixth grade, I remember thinking like, it's like when I just started to kind of like actually be attracted to girls in like fifth grade. And like, you know, and so girls are gross. You're like, oh, she's kind of hot. I remember thinking I was like, you know, girls always, you know, they're looking at like the older, you know, the guys in eighth grade and they've got like muscle tone. And I was like, what if I just started working out right now? I have no idea what I'm doing. I remember thinking I was like, well, what if girls would like me? And I was like, so I just got to start now. I've got years. I've got, I've got, still got years. 
And so I started on my dad's Bowflex and I started in like fifth grade. So by eighth grade, I actually had a little muscle. And by senior year of high school, I was fucking yoked. So it was, it was like, that was an example, right? Where it's like, if I just do this, if I start now, right? In college, it was like, I can do this just one semester at a time. If I just get A's, all I have to do is get past the semester. And then when next semester comes, we'll tackle that. Don't worry about what's seven semesters out. Don't worry about sometimes I'd get stressed out. It'd be my sophomore year of college and I'd be trying to argue with myself on where I'm going to go to do my residency. And it was like, shut up, focus. What are we doing here? Let's conquer this semester. And so it's like shooting that, you know, that rope, you know, like that Batman-esque tool, like you shoot the rope up and it clips on and you tie yourself up and you go up another floor and you're trying to go to the top of a skyscraper, right? And it's, I, I know there's wind and it's the sky, just fuck it, just pretend it's a perfect square skyscraper that goes up for 10 miles and there's a hundred, what, it doesn't matter, shut up, just listen. You're just climbing up, right? So that is what it, so I had these experiences before where I'd like, I'd focus on a goal and I would get very, I'd have these moments where I was, you know, my, my faith in what I was going to do and my intensity would wane, it would flicker. Um, and then I would have these like meditations where, and the thing is, is these meditations, like you can't even call on them. Like time for the adrenaline shot. Like you might be thinking like, man, I need one of those meditations where I can just truly feel success in the here and now, and then I'll get it. No, like sometimes you try to do it and be like, nah, the muse just isn't answering. Eventually it does. But the muse just isn't answering. And so forever, I just kind of assumed that was just kind of like a little tool I had. I was like, just focus on it and drive yourself forward. I really got to pee. So hold on. I'll be right back. Fill the void by yourself. Anyways, Tommy, you should edit out those press breaks. <laughs> no, go fuck yourself. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. If you enjoy the podcast, fast forward 30 seconds. It's not live. If it was live, that'd be one thing. It's not live. Just fast forward. If you can't bring yourself to fast forward, then Christ almighty, I don't know. This whole podcast is about long-term goals and working towards them. If the fucking speed bump that knocks you off the track is you can't put your thumb on the right side of your screen and hit that little circle that says 15 or 30 to go forward, you're hopeless. This isn't for you. I don't know what to tell you. Go fuck yourself.
for the rest of you. So, <clears throat> and then I stopped doing those meditations for several years, around right after my brother died. I kind of just, you think the time I should be doing meditation the most, I just stopped. I stopped for like two years and then I kind of started doing it again on and off. But I, even then I only did it when I really needed to, which is the worst time to do it. It's like by the time, you know, by the time, you know, you get in a car crash with a broken leg, that's not the time to buy health insurance and auto insurance, right? You do meditation every day and it keeps you from getting to that point. And then if you do find up and find yourself in that point, you've, you've built up this sort of toolbox to work with it. So, but really, it really started again in 2019 doing this podcast. I was like, I have a guest tomorrow. Like I have to be well rested. I can't just pull an all nighter photoshopping and some like manic, fucking rush and it was like oh i gotta meditate like this is i gotta be clear and focused i can't be not really paying attention and thinking about other things and having anxiety um and so i that really kind of got me back into meditation and like being pre-med there's kind of that funny i started using it as a tool so i can be clear like clear-minded and like interviewing guests And, you know, and why do I do that so I can get better guests and have better episodes? And why am I doing that? So maybe I can get a contract and get some money, get some Rogan money and go move into a mansion in the woods and, you know, enact change and philanthropy of mental health. And and then all of a sudden you keep meditating and all of a sudden it's like, oh, none of this even exists. This is all just a dream. Earth is an illusion. There is no I. The ego is nothing but a hindrance or it's a blessing, whatever you want. Or it's just neutral. It doesn't give a fuck. And you are the eternal I that exists and there is nothing else but the structure and fabric of existence itself. And then you go, oh, well, I guess I'll do the podcast still because it's fun. But it turns like the nuclear weapon. It starts as the Gatling gun and it turns into the nuclear weapon. But, um. But I, it really got me thinking because I read, um, read, listened to You're Imagining Things by A.T.L. Carver. dot Carver, C-A-R-V-E-R. Try to get him on this podcast. But it's all about, it was like the first time I ever read the Bhagavad Gita, which I read in like tw- spring 2011. And I was like, you know, they're talking about like meditation and I'm like, oh, this guy meditates. When was this written? And it's like 3,000 years ago. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? It's, right, it's, it's like ancient peoples. And you're like, how did they know about vasodilators? They didn't. They just knew that this herb made their chest feel better. Whereas we can go into the actual molecular mechanism of action. But it's the same shit. So I was listening to this book. And he was talking about meditation. And he was talking about intent. And I was like, this is just kind of some woo-woo bullshit. But I had heard him on uh, on the Higher Side Chats with Greg Caldwood. And um, um, maybe that's what this this solo rant will be. And I'll, I'll, I'll call it that, and then I'm, I'll fucking email it to him. <laughs> See if I can rope him in. That's what it will be. He's not even here, but I'm going to make his book the fucking thumbnail. Um, but... Uh, <clears throat> I remember listening to that and that was like before I started the podcast, probably like a year year before the podcast, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Was it? I think so. I think it was. 
I don't think it was 2018. I think it was 2019. The years are running together. I think it was 28. No, 20. That It's not important. It was before I started the podcast. And listening to it, he's going into it and he's talking about like, yeah, no, it's all about like focusing on where you want to go. And it was like um, it's the idea of like the multiverse, right? Where it's uh, where it's like there is no such thing as like different events, but rather this is now we're getting into the weeds, but like there's no such thing as different events. So it's more like Interstellar, and this isn't him. This is I'm, I'm I don't know who I'm quoting, but it's from someone else I remember listening to in college before Interstellar came out. The point is, it's like Interstellar when he goes into like the fifth dimension, you know. And it sees like every block of every possible thing. It's like that's what existence is, or at least up to five dimensions. That's what existence is. So, you know, it's not that right now I'm about to pick up my cell phone. Are you guys ready? I'm picking up my cell phone. Here it is. Now I'm putting it back down. It's not that I chose that path, but rather there are an infinite number of moments right now where I picked up the phone, where I decided not to pick up the phone where the phone rang. I mean, everything from where nothing with the phone happened. A hellfire missile came through the window because the CIA is tired of my podcast. That's just the one we're experiencing, right? It's like you're driving on a highway and you can get off on an exit. And that doesn't mean that this is the only road now. It just means this is the road you're on. The highway is still there. You just chose not to take it, but it's still there. And it was always an option and it still is. But now we're on this road, right? Every time you get in drive and I drive to Walmart, that doesn't mean the rest of the, you know, the Eisenhower interstate system across 50 states doesn't exist. It's just I am on this one. So it's like this. It's like this sort of like just cubes of moments. That's how I imagine it. It's just, and this is, I remember having this kind of experience meditating in like 2012, I think, fall 2012. But it's just like, Every possible thing exists, and it's which one are you experiencing? Like frames of a movie, right? Where, you know, like early animation of like Steamboat Willie, right? Or Mickey Mouse or whatever. Like each frame exists. Now, when you fast forward it, and we're watching a frame of a guy throwing a ball up and down, there's also frames where he's not doing that. And that is a route you could take. Or there's a frame where a fucking eagle flies in and rips his eyes out. I don't know. Eisenhower comes up and pants him. I, I don't. It's every possible thing exists. And what we experience as the flow of time is actually us just going through them. It's, it's a field of snow. And you take a sled and you're curving around on a side of a hill going down. You could have gone, all the snow is there. Every snowflake is there. Every particle of ice is there. You just chose to go this way, right? It's, it's like if you took a calendar and you just took a marker and kind of just made a squiggle through it. It would be like Monday, Tuesday, 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 and I'm for everyone you know, skipping through weeks. It'd be like Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? That's kind of be like a Z squiggle. 
you would experience it as just Monday, Tuesday, 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 Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The whole like board cube system is still there. You just chose this one. It's very hard to describe. It's so th- yeah, those are just the ones you chose, right? It's like a like Super Mario, right, or a you know video game, and there's like a big square of coins, right? Imagine it's just like ten by ten gold coins. Like you jump into it, and you try to get as many as you can, but that path you it's just the path you jumped in, but everything is still there, right? All the possible options are there. So like the idea I had when I was meditating is like that's what reality is. So like the reality where I went to medical school, it's not necessarily that that's the only one that existed. And if I went back in time and I, you know, pushed one, and I, you know, stepped on a bug, that's going to change human history. More so that there's every possible option. There's the option where I went to medical school. There's the option where I didn't get in and reapplied. There's the option where I got in and didn't go and started, tried to start this podcast and ended up dying. There's a, where I start this podcast. There's there's where I decided not to do a podcast instead stuck with Photoshop. There's all these different things and it's not necessarily that there's one option and now that's it and it's solidified. It's no, you could always go back and do anything you wanted. It's that all these things exist. You're not doing anything. You're just experiencing them, right? You're just going through it. You're, you're, you're building your sandwich at Wawa. You're going through and you're selecting a chicken sandwich and you want buffalo sauce and you want cheese and lettuce and onions. All of the ingredients exist behind the counter. That sandwich is just what you chose. You could have, and it's not the only sandwich there ever is. You could have just as easily chose to put mustard and mayonnaise on it. I don't know, you fucking dumb pig. It could be whatever you wanted. So... It's like all possible options exist at all times. And what you experience as free will and, and doing is actually you're just experiencing. What you experience as the buffalo chicken sandwich with cheese, lettuce, and onions is just what you chose. But it's not all the ingredients behind the counter. They all existed and they all still exist and will always exist. So when you choose to do something, those are rather just the things that you select and put in put in a row and experience it as life. Monday, Tuesday, 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 Wednesday, whatever. Just a squiggle through a calendar. So, you know, if you... If you understand something, you know, if you truly understand something, you should be able to explain it to a five-year-old. And I pride myself on being able to explain things to people, but this one's very fucking difficult to get across. And it's not just like a calendar, which is still two dimensions. It's imagine it's a stack of calendars. So it's, you can go up, down, left, right. It's just this infinite cube system, a cube of every frame of your possible life. There's right now there, I mean, so like if I decided to, you know, next month move to Maine, that option was always there. There's also a cube somewhere where I live in Alaska or where I, I live in Florida or Bangladesh or Taiwan. I am selecting the ones that I'm riding through, right? It's, it's Spider-Man flying through the city. 
all the skyscrapers exist, which one is he shooting the web onto? And to him, he experienced, well, I went from 40 Wall Street to the Empire State Building to the Woolworth, whatever. He could have just as easily gone on And just because he chose that path doesn't mean the other ones don't exist anymore. So, if we have these, right, we have flight patterns. Fly from fucking Heathrow to JFK, right? But the rest of the sky is still there. You can go any which way. We just chose that one. So, now imagine <clears throat> it goes right, it's that, that cube system. It just goes for inf- infinity and every up, down, left, right, back. It's, it goes everywhere, right? It means six direct, right? Up, down, left, right, forward, backwards. But even that, it, it, it's more than that. It's every possible option. There's the option where I live in Alaska, and there's an option where I live in Alaska and have a daughter. There's an option where I have a daughter and live in Florida. There's an option where I live in Florida, then Alaska, then have a daughter, then give her up for adoption and join a circus. They all exist. Every possible thing you can imagine are not actual events and possibilities, but they're things that already just exist, and you are now experiencing, you're tapping into that one. Every hotel room in a hotel is there regardless of which one you go in with your friends and fucking you pregame and go out to the casinos. They all exist. And if you go to the presidential suite, you didn't imagine up the presidential suite. You just decided to go to that one. So how do we navigate this? With a car, we use gas and a brake pedal and left and a right. With a plane, you can go, you know, yaw, you can go left, right, but you can also go up and down, right? Or with a a submarine in the ocean, it's not just forwards and backwards, left to right. You can also go up and down and diagonal, right? So how do you navigate this? What What leads to you navigating this cube system, just this infinite, a million trillion miles tall and wide of just cubes of, of existence, of where you're eating breakfast and what you have for breakfast. They all exist. Every possible thing exists. How do you navigate them? And that's what ATL Carver puts forward in his book. He's like, your subconscious mind is actually like the basement of your house. And you go down there and turn the lights on and you get rid of the cobwebs and there's a spaceship. And much like Google Maps, you go in and you punch in where you want to go and it takes you there. Now, we experience it linearly as my actions and as the flow of time passes and I did this every day for five years and this allowed me to compete whatever as an Olympic swimmer because I did my dues whatever it's it's he says it's more like the his analogy is it's the spaceship the space you put in the coordinates and you say I want to experience the reality where I live in Tibet and I raise dogs like I train dogs like that that takes you there how do you punch in the coordinates? Well, you can always just say what you want. Uh, I want a mansion made of gold. Okay. But the, the, it doesn't respond to that that well. And this is kind of what I experienced with meditation. It's rather, what is your intent? Where do you truly want to go? It's like playing Russian roulette. And whatever you focus on is the chamber that is going to come up next. If you're convinced that this world is going, it's in the, in this idea 
if you're convinced that Hitler was unstoppable and everyone was convinced, well, then indeed they live in the global Third Reich and America never won. If you believe that, that's where it goes. So if you focus your mind and maybe, and maybe it's not even a whole world, maybe it's just if you believe that, that's the world you live in. We never built the A-bomb doesn't mean all of earth went with you maybe the maybe this is just my reality and to you listening this is your reality too our ancestors believe that we could beat the japanese we believe that hitler would die and that's the reality we are in now so it's 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 like if your mind gave off a magnetic thing and you want it and this is a bad analogy because it's it's shooting yourself but just playing Russian roulette, and instead of getting an empty chamber, you're focusing on pulling the bullet up. So if you focus on what you want, and you've got to do the work, you've got to do the fucking work, but it pulls you towards that possibility of experience in this five-dimensional board cube system. If we're not crazy enough, let's go one step further. Bob Lazar talks about, I just lost everyone. Bob Lazar talks about how like the UFO, instead of using propulsion to shoot fuel or thrust out of the back, like every other thing, actually what it does is it uses its gravitational whatever to sort of make a divot in space-time in front of it. It's like if... it's like if you were on like a like a hill made of of like of trampoline, a fabric, and you were somehow had like a big bowling ball in front of you on like a fishing line. You put it in front of you and it weighed it down and it pulled you in that way. And as it pulled you in, it created momentum and the, the ball went farther down. You could steer it left and right. Bob that's that was a really shitty analogy. Bob Lazar says, like the UFO, it sort of it makes it makes a downhill slope through space-time right in front of wherever it wants to go. So as opposed to thrust out the back, it makes a downhill slope in front of it. And that's how it moves around. Is it's, make, it's just falling downhill. And it creates the hill. I think that our mind I mean, we know they give off like right, like alpha, beta, theta, gamma waves. We know that they've been working on like, like fMRIs where it's where you're, just, you're looking at the actual brain as you think. But we know that it's very primitive. I'm sure DARPA's cooking up something good where they can actually read the waves coming off of your mind and somewhat see what you're thinking about. Are you thinking about a frog? Are you thinking about sex? Are you thinking about a taco? I don't know. So there's something coming off our minds. We know that photons have no mass. We know that neutrinos have no mass. Yet a trillion, billion, trillion pass through us every second. There is a place and effect and purpose of them in this reality. What if the thing you focus on is creating that 
downhill slope in front of you and it takes you to where you are going. You experience it as, oh, life sucks and life's always going to suck. But reality, you're just creating life sucky. You're creating suck life. And that's, and it's, I mean, it's not a very empathetic mindset because what that then implies is, well, the people in the Holocaust just thought they were. I don't know. I don't have this entire idea fleshed out. Maybe the guy, maybe Hitler, maybe his power of projection was greater than the other people's. And so they got sucked in with him. I don't know. I don't fucking pull Hitler into this shit. There's no one else here. And I'm yelling at no one else for, for me bringing up Hitler. Just the ultimate projection of just, it's not my fault. Right. But, um, so what if what you focus on well, then it would come to say, well, you have all different sorts of focusing, right? You have like apathetic, you have neutral, you have the same thing, you have, but you have negative and positives, right? So then it also brings up another dangerous connotation. It's like being in a nightmare and, or it's like being in a dream, lucid dreaming. And you're like, I can do anything I want. And you're like, well, maybe I just want to, you know, fucking, you know, fuck Pamela Anderson. But then the other part of your mind's like, don't think about demons, and you're like, oh, Jesus. You're like, don't think about horror movies. Don't think about The Grudge. And you're like, God. And of course, there it is. So then it brings up, well, this would be terrible. Because what if you did find out that your mind manifested reality? The first thing would be like, oh, don't think about, don't think about an, another Holocaust. Don't think about World War Three. And then, you know, you get the fucking air raid warning. And this is just in my kind of running theory. I think the positive thought is holds much more weight than the negative thought. So that thing you're projecting out in front of you, like the Bob Lazar UFO, the negative thought, it does have a weight, you know, it's a bowling ball. But the positive thought is like a dump truck full of boulders. Like it greatly outweighs it. And so if you focus on the positive that is where you will go. Now, how do you focus on the positive? You meditate and you go deep inside and think about what you really want. You don't think about, I want a Joe Rogan contract. Well, I want a hundred million dollars. How's that going to happen? I don't know. I can't get in touch with Spotify. They won't email me back. Your rational mind starts telling you why it won't work. You don't think about how it will work. You think about the feeling. You don't think about how am I going to get a 4.0 in evolutionary biology. You think about the feeling, the cold laptop, putting jeans on, getting ready to go drink, texting your parents that you got an A, and you feel those goosebumps and that, that warm euphoria up in your body, and you're like, yes, let's do it. What you do is you focus on the feeling. So what is $100 million? Oh, I don't know. How am I going to get that? What does it feel like? It's the feeling of knowing that like, I never have to work again. I'm going to get a small house out in the woods and, you know, just so I not even splurge and just save. It's the feeling of knowing that, you know, uh, I, could, I could create a philanthropy. I, I, I could start pushing money towards mental health. And, you know, I could, I could, you know, build a medical school. I could name it after my brother. I could... Yeah, and then what would that, and it would mean that maybe one day other people who feel suicidal don't have to feel that. 
then all those like countless nights of crying and maybe other families don't have to experience a, a suicide because of that. And that feeling starts to flood your chest. And you're like, what if I could help people avoid that? What else do I want? Well, I just love the snow. So I want to live in northern New Hampshire. Imagine sitting down for a podcast, getting ready to do a solo rant, but you look out a window and there's snowy mountains. Oh, that makes me feel so warm and cozy. What else do I want? I don't know. Like, I, I think it'd be really cool to like set up funds, just like friends and family. Like, hey, I'll pay for your kids like education. Like, I'll take that burden off you. I don't want kids, but it would be cool to like just be that guy. Right. Uh, what else would it, it would just be? Uh, being able to kind of give people inspirational talks, be like, dude, look, I was a fat fucking loser. And now like, I'm just like a rich fit loser, but like it can happen. Right. You know, the guests continue to increase and get wilder and wilder. Like one day I will be sitting down on this podcast with Dale Comstock on one screen, Donald Trump on another and Bill Murray under us all just talking shit, like just laughing that feeling of accomplishment that I did it. You know, what will it be like? What will the you know, in my fucking little cabin in the woods, up the floor will probably be cold. It will be winter. I'll have my whatever, my MacBook Pro, you know, Mark Mark 90. You know, I'll have a Tesla Cybertruck. It'll be cool to turn on the news on a big flat screen on a 16K OLED TV and see how the Mars fucking outpost is going. And then I'll be able to have my like weekly sit down with like the doctor that's running my mental health research center and be like, hey, we're making big strides with psilocybin and LSD. And it's like, oh, fuck yeah. And here and then, you know, actually meeting people that went through it and then being like, dude, thanks for fucking doing this, man. And you're like, dude, I fucking got you. And you know that like your brother's death wasn't in vain. You feel these things inside of you and that's what pulls you towards it. Now, the negative is, is man, I hope there isn't some like COVID tyranny dictatorship and we all end up in concentration camps. And that is a thought, but you have to outweigh it with what will it be like people rising up, people saying no to things that they don't want. If you want the vaccine, get the vaccine. Fuck off. If you don't want it, you don't have to get it. Fuck off. This feeling of maybe, maybe it doesn't have to be left versus right. Maybe we can find common ground and we'll all look back at this weird time at the same way we look back at the 1860s. And we're like, man, we are killing each other. Like, why, why can't we do that? Why can't we progress forward? How come when I'm older, I can't look back at this time with the same way that old people might look back and be like, I can't believe I lived in a time when black people couldn't vote. Like, why can't it be that? Why can't we pull ourselves towards that reality? Why can't we become a multi-planetary species? Why can't we knock out mental health? Why does there have to be constant warring and a warring faction and a, and a battle for scarcity of resources and skirmishes? Why can't there be the news where it's like, you know, the new fusion reactor and wherever has now made like energy efficient desalinization of water and dehydration will be dehydration and starvation will be as alien to us as like leprosy we'll be like oh yeah that was an old thing thank god we knocked that out it'd be no different than penicillin and light bulbs like how did people live before this shit we'll just be able to turn off mental bad mental health as the switch right well it's going to go into a bad direction there's going to be a global big brother dictatorship if you believe that that's what will happen then yes you will believe that these advances like desalinized water or mental health care will be dangled above you by a 1984 dictatorship if you believe that yes if instead you believe that why can't it be utopia why can it be a great thing? Why can't it be a Garden of Eden? Why can't we create heaven on earth? Why can't we? When you focus on that feeling of what it would be like, and one day you're just going to be an old guy, and you're going to be happy that the people sitting around you and listening to your lecture when you're 95 don't know a goddamn thing of what you're talking about. They're like, what do you mean hatred? What do you mean starvation? What do you mean you know, people not being able to afford healthcare at premiums. And you're like, it's a relic of the old world. Like, thank God you know nothing about it. Why can't we be that? And when you focus on those positive things, 
I do believe it pulls you towards it. It has in my life. And whether or not that is the actual mechanism of action really doesn't matter because what I'm doing works for me and I'll continue to do it. And that, my friends, is today's solo rant. Recording